0: How long do we keep saying Happy New Year for? Till the 8th. Until the 8th. Is that a thing? We'll go with that, until the 8th. Um, really good to see you all this morning. Uh, my name's Esther, for those of you who don't know. I'm, I'm part of the leadership team here at church. Um, so we're taking uh, this Sunday at the start of a new year to have a think about vision. And we're calling this uh, Sunday Re-Vision Sunday. Um, because the start of a year, um, it seems like a good time to do that, doesn't it? Like, I don't know if you're um, people who make uh, New Year resolutions or not, but there's often a sense of pausing, maybe taking a look back and a look ahead as we start a new year. And back in September, which literally seems like a thousand years ago, Is it just me? Um, And we took two Sundays and a midweek evening um, to share vision for us as Ebby Church here in Bristol. And we shared a bit of where we've been and what we're looking forward to as church for the next few years. Um, And I'll be honest with you, uh, as a leader, sharing vision isn't always easy. But I think we'd all agree that vision is important. Um, it provides focus, direction, um, and something to aim for. And as leaders, it's our job to be working this out. And it's a privilege, um, but it's also, it's also quite weighty. So we pray, um, we wrestle, not literally, with each other although it's been close sometimes, Um, we talk, uh, we get excited, frustrated, hopeful, and sometimes, to be honest, we feel like giving up. Um, It is involving in all ways, because, because we care, because we love you, we love this church, and we love Jesus. Not necessarily in that order. Um, And we want to be responding to what God is saying, to go where he's inviting us to go, closely following Jesus. So around the start of the academic year, we share what we think God is saying and where he's pointing us. And this stuff has usually been bubbling for a while. And there's been a feeling over the last two to three years um, of a kind of flow in the vision that we've shared year on year. And Stu mentioned this uh, when he spoke in September. And just in case you can't remember September, here's a little bit of a recap. Um, so in 2017, um, we felt God was calling us to a year of prayer. And it was specific, but not finite. Like we didn't get to the end of the year and think, great job done. Uh, what should we do next? Like every year should probably be a year of prayer, shouldn't it? So when we shared in 2018 the words repair, re- rebuild, and restore as a focus for the year ahead, like it was similar. They were specific now words, but not with a use-by date, and we really believe that God is still speaking these words over us as church, and to be honest, what a relief, um, because I know that I'm still bang in the middle of all that repairing, rebuilding, restoring stuff, and... Like, we need we need more of that, don't we, individually and as church together. And when we shared vision in September 2019, it wasn't ticking a box on vision shared previously. And it's not um, a magpie situation, you know, like looking for the next shiny new thing and jumping on that and, oh, there's something else and I'm going to go and jump on that and the next thing and the next thing. Like, what we shared, as I said, is a flow of what we feel God has been saying over the last few years, and further back, to be honest. And it's something for the next few years to come. It's not a to-do list to get nailed by the end of August. Like, that would just be stupid. So, when I was thinking about this stuff, and I was asking God, like, what's the vision? What's the follow-on from what we shared in September? Like, what's the new thing? And to be honest, like I was keen for some awesome prophetic picture or a God-inspired dream to like smash you over the head with in the nicest possible way. And, and this, this is it. The vision is Jesus. And I feel like Stu stole my thunder with that song, really, but the vision is Jesus. And I don't know what your response to that is. You can groan and roll your eyes because... That's what I did. I was like, come on. Like, really? And I probably or definitely said, is that it? What a question. (laughs) The vision is Jesus. My response, is that it? Not my proudest moment. So I tried to hang on and like see if there was anything else that was going to kind of happen. And do you know what? I don't think there is anything else. Like the vision, our vision is Jesus. Unsurprisingly, like are you shocked? Like this this is it. Jesus is the deal. And unapologetically, as I thought about this, do you know what I'm not even sorry? You show me something or someone better for us to be focusing on. And continually. Yep. Yeah, continually Jesus, continually reproducing the life of Jesus. Like, it's always going to be this way. And maybe we might change some words around or find some new ones, but it's always going to be Jesus. Well, I hope it is anyway. Our vision is Jesus. Unsurprisingly, unapologetically, continually Jesus. What do you think? Are you in? Great. I'll sit down and <laughs> um, I'm going to pray. Uh, yeah. Jesus, um, we help us to fix our eyes on you right now. Yeah, will you, um, will you clear our vision where maybe it's a bit blurry? I pray that we will hear you speak. See what you like. Show us what you're doing. But, yeah, Jesus, thank you that this is all about you. Yeah, Holy Spirit, will you, will you fill this place? Will you, will you speak to us, move in us and through us? Amen. Great. So there's a couple of bits uh, from the book of Matthew in the Bible that we're going to pin this and our vision on today. Um, Because it's all very well trotting out something like, the vision is Jesus. Um, I don't think we'd argue against it. We know that it's right that as a Christian, Jesus should be our focus and inspiring everything in our year ahead. But right and should, I think, only get us so far and probably to a limited depth. So as we read from the Bible this morning, I want to focus on Jesus. Jesus. Like, Why is this man our focus and vision? What is he all about? What's the deal? What's the invitation? So we're going to have a look at a bit from Matthew chapter 4, titled Jesus Calls His First Disciples, Uh, then from chapter 22, which is headed The Greatest Commandment. And I just want to encourage you, not just today, every Sunday, um, have a read of this stuff throughout the week. Um, Pick it apart, question it, don't just kind of absorb what I say in the next 20 minutes or so. Like, yeah, read the Bible. It's good. (laughs) So this is uh, Matthew chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 18. It's on the screen. Uh, Follow along in your Bibles or phones. Um, So Jesus calls his first disciples. As As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. So Jesus grew up in Israel, and education was key in Jewish culture. Boys from the age of six would start learning the Torah, um, which is the first five books of our Bible, and there were different stages to their education, and only the best would progress to the next level. If you didn't make the cut, it was expected that you would go to work in the family trade, maybe as a baker, a winemaker, or a fisherman. And at the age of around 30, a rabbi would generally start his public teaching and gathering of his followers. And I love how we find Jesus doing this down by the sea. Like, Jesus didn't tour the synagogue schools doing X-factor auditions to find the best, the cream of the crop, to be his apprentices. Like Jesus books the cultural norms and expectations by calling those who are ordinary and just getting on with the mundane, everyday stuff of life. In this case, fishing. Like These guys who were called as Jesus' first disciples were fishermen because they hadn't made the grade in the existing educational system. Rob Bell says in his book Velvet Elvis, Jesus took some boys who didn't make the cut and changed the course of human history which is great news for us, right? Because Jesus does the same today. Like He takes a a bunch of totally ordinary people who do church together in North Bristol and he invites us to be his apprentices and to change the world around us. And Jesus' invitation to these fishermen is a big one. Uh, He says, come, follow me. And these words are probably quite familiar, particularly um, in this story. Um, And like Jesus says that quite a lot. And maybe we kind of lose the weight of them a little bit. But when a rabbi spoke these words, he was saying, I believe that you have what it takes. So come, follow me. I believe you have what it takes. And on hearing that, a student would leave home give up everything, and devote themselves to becoming like their rabbi. So here, Jesus is calling stuff in these fishermen. He's calling out stuff in these fishermen that no one else apparently has done before. He's saying, you can be like me. Which is a huge deal, because of course this applies to us today. Like Jesus' invitation to come follow me is for all of us. And when he's inviting us to do that, he's mind-blowingly expressing belief and faith in us that we have what it takes to be like him. Jesus is in the business of seeing and calling out what we miss for whatever reasons in ourselves and in people around us. Like No one is written off or just not good enough, no one and we need to believe that for ourselves and just as importantly i think we need to be people who believe it for others and not just people we like or people who are like us like no one is written off or not good enough and my question is will we be a church who calls out what jesus sees in all people like this this is jesus like the rabbi who chooses us as we are, and invites us to be like him. Like This is who we've got our eyes on. Our vision is Jesus. Good stuff, isn't it? Um, So keep keep that in mind. And we're going to read our next bit from Matthew. Um, This is Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to read from verse 34. Again, it's on the screen. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I don't know about you, but sometimes the Bible, it just seems so big. It's a book to wrestle and grapple with. It's mind-blowing and awesome. It's uncomfortable and controversial. It's inspired by God, yet written by humans. It's Amazing and crazy stuff. And sometimes I think our temptation can be to reduce the Bible and faith and following Jesus to a list of rules. A moral code. A nice formula where one plus one always equals two. But it doesn't take long to realize that Jesus isn't like that. When he was alive, when people asked him questions, Jesus usually replied with another question or um, a story, or something to provoke and disturb um, long-held assumptions about life and how to live it. He rarely gave a direct answer, which is why these verses we've read are interesting, one of the reasons anyway, like why, why the direct answer now? And maybe Jesus was tired of these religious leaders trying to catch him out all the time, or maybe he was concerned that his followers weren't, hadn't been hearing what he'd been saying so far. Who knows, to be honest. What I love is how clear, straight down the line, no messing about, Jesus' answer is. He responds to the Jewish leaders by quoting from Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 5, and Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18, um, pointing them back to words that they were so very familiar with. And at the same time, Jesus speaks to us today with simple yet profound truth through these words. Like these words are timeless, which is kind of Jesus all over, isn't it? Like in these verses Jesus sums it up in two sentences. Number one, love God with absolutely every single part of you. Number two, love one another, no exceptions. And this like this is this is big. So maybe yeah, just let's let that sink in for a minute. Love God with absolutely every single part of you. Love one another, no exceptions. Like, love is a funny concept, isn't it? Um, If you know me even just a little bit, um, you will have probably heard me say quite passionately, I love cheese. (laughs) Because I do. And when I say that, like, I say it with feeling. And I really mean it. Like, a good bit of Stilton does bring me a lot of joy. Stick it on a burger. And I'm as close to heaven as I think I'll probably ever get. Um, but there you go. I'm distracted now. Um, <laughs> and The thing is, like, yeah, love is a tricky concept. And love can be selfish. It can be shallow. It can be impersonal and distant. But the love that Jesus is talking about here is the total opposite to that. It's selfless, it's deep, it's close, and it's personal. So let's have a think for a minute about these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Like we're all different, aren't we? God made us up in different ways. We've got different personalities, different ways that we connect with and express love. When I when I started exploring faith again, I used to really struggle, and probably still do to a bit, um, with what Jesus is asking here, and I remember saying so many times, like, I get this stuff in my head, but I just don't feel it. Like mentally, I knew, like, yeah, I love God, but my heart and my soul felt hard and numb, and and this was really difficult because. I felt like I was faking it, that I was failing and that I was half a Christian at best. But some of us will find the head stuff easier than the heart stuff and vice versa. And I think that's okay. Like one may come more naturally than the other, and the rest takes a bit of time and Jesus working in us. Like Jesus isn't throwing heart, soul, and mind as a three point checklist. Like, why do we always turn everything into a to do list? Like, this command um, is bigger picture and so much more awesome and life giving than that. But Jesus is inviting us to love God with everything we've got. And it makes me think of um, the message version of these verses um, from Romans 12. Um, and it says So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. I love how just simple that makes it. Love God with all that you are, with everything you've got. You're eating, sleeping, going to work, walking around day-to-day life. Give it to God as an offering. And so the second commandment, Jesus says, is similar. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we could go down the who is my neighbor question, but Jesus covers that in Luke 10 when he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Do have a read of that one. But basically, our neighbor is everyone, including the person who expresses a different political persuasion, a different view on Brexit, Different religion, theology, background, gender, sexuality, even someone who supports any other football team that is not Leeds United. But seriously, like this, like this is huge and not to be taken lightly. Love your neighbour as yourself. And the kind of love that Jesus is talking about here and that he modelled throughout his life is unconditional. It's extravagantly generous and forgiving. It's full of grace. And it's roll your sleeves up, get moving, get practical love. And it's a big ask, isn't it? Because people aren't nice. Uh, they hurt and offend us. Life is hard and it's busy. And I'm not saying so, just suck it up, get over it, stop making excuses and get on and do what Jesus says. But how we love each other, it's what points people to Jesus. Like Jesus says that when he prays just before he's crucified in John 17. And we read about the early church in Acts, how they lived together, and I assume loved each other, in such a way that attracted people from the outside to join in and get involved every single day. And I believe that this is what Jesus wants for us today. That when people see us, and I mean like us, us, like when they see how we do life together, how we talk to each other, how we love, that when they see that, when they see us, they see him. They see Jesus and they want in. And we have such an unbelievable opportunity right now in 2020 to be something different and to share something different that our world really needs. And it sounds obvious and it's maybe a cliche, but it's flipping true and it's love. Like it's hard and it will be costly, but this is the deal. Like this... This is the invitation. And Jesus invites us to do it with him. And that, this, is the vision. So, so in these two sets of verses from Matthew, Jesus invites us all, no exception to follow him. And he lays out how we are to do that. Loving God, loving our neighbor with everything we've got. And so it's from this starting point, this foundation, that the vision stuff that we shared back in September comes from. And there was a, there was a sense this year that it, would be, that it was good to get specific. And uh, some of the stuff that we shared, the three points, like it might be obvious, it might be a given, but sometimes it's good to say this stuff out loud again to recommit, to say, yes, we're in. Yes, Jesus, this is what we're aiming for. So here's a reminder. Thanks, Chris. Um, This is what we shared. So we want to be a church who are equipping and releasing the next generation to lead in and outside of Ebby. We want to be a church who invests in children and young people. And as a church, we want to commit to people's physical, emotional, mental and spiritual well-being. We want to look to establish a community hub in Hawfield and be intentional about church planting in nearby estate communities and to see lots of new people following Jesus. That's quite exciting. Yeah? I think so. Um, And I'm not going to say anything specific about these vision points. Um, I didn't kind of feel like that's what this morning was about, to be honest. The question that I wanted us to take on was who and what is our vision grounded in? Like the answer is Jesus. Unsurprisingly, unapologetically, continually, Jesus like if we look at these three points, if we um, try and take them on without Jesus, it just reads like a long, tiring, impossible to-do list. With Jesus, it's a whole different and potentially very exciting ball game. Like We can only do this stuff by sticking close to Jesus, by listening and responding to whatever he puts our way. Being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. So I guess the question for us all to ask ourselves is, are we in? Like are we saying yes to Jesus? Whatever that might mean. And not just in a you and Jesus kind of way, but you know, together. Like are are we in together? Um, I'm just going to finish with with this quote from a rabbi who was around after Jesus. And he said to his own followers, cover yourself with the dust of your rabbi's feet. And so rabbis, they would um, do a lot of walking as they went teaching from place to place. And their students, they would all be following really closely behind, literally not wanting to miss a thing wherever the rabbi went, the students would go crammed up in behind them. And so at the end of the day, the rabbi's apprentices, they would be covered in dust. Like covered in the dirt, kicked up by their rabbi because they were walking so close. And this, this was a good thing. And I think, I think that this could be something for us. And... Yeah, I pray that come the end of this year, we are all covered in dust because we have kept so close to Jesus. And actually, I pray that at the end of today, we're all covered in dust because we've kept so close to Jesus. And I just think that's like a really, yeah, it's a really cool image. Maybe imagine each other with dusty faces and that that is a good thing. Because if we, if we do that, if we do this and we do it together, I really believe that anything is possible. Um, um, I'm going to pray. Hmm. I don't know, maybe, um, maybe ask yourself, yeah, now what is your response? Jesus saying, come, come follow me. Jesus saying to you, I believe that you've got what it takes. Yeah, what's what's our response to Jesus this morning? Maybe you've said yes to Jesus a load of times before. But I don't think there's any harm in saying yes more than once. So yeah, maybe this morning it's about saying yes, Jesus, I'm in. Whatever this year ahead holds in the highs and the lows and the day to day stuff everything in between but Jesus yeah I I say yes and uh, for us together as church family yeah do we say yes together how do we do that what does that look like